0: Scripture reading today comes from Habakkuk 2, 6 through 20. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey. Because you have plundered many nations, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood, you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plotted the ruin of many peoples, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire, that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk, so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. You will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you and disgrace will cover your glory. The violence you have done to Lebanon will overwhelm you and your destruction of animals will terrify you. For you have shed human blood, you have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation, he makes idols that cannot speak Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone. Wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We've been studying the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a Hebrew prophet who was troubled by the things that he saw going on in the world around him. And I would imagine that you yourself have felt that way many times, right? We, uh, we watch the news, we read the papers, and we can't help but see things that uh, are taking place in our world that maybe they make us feel angry, maybe they fill us with fear or anxiety, just lots of troubling things in the world around us. And, and, and this is the way that Habakkuk felt when he looked at the world. Well, in the passage that we're looking at today, Habakkuk describes the world. He describes the world that he lived in. It's the same world that we live in. He describes the world three ways. He describes the world the way we see it. He describes the world the way we cannot see it. And he describes the world the way we will see it one day. So let me work through that. First, the world the way we see it Um, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 6 through 20 is a poem. Some would say it's a song. It's a song in which oppressed people are mocking their oppressors. Beginning of verse 6 says, Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn? The word them here refers to oppressed people. The word him is referring to their oppressor. So you could translate this verse, Will not all of them, the oppressed, taunt him, the oppressor, with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion? This is the oppressed singing, taunting, ridiculing those who have um, oppressed them with injustice. Now, in in the context here, um, the oppressor that Habakkuk is referring to is the Babylonian Empire. Habakkuk lived at a time in history when the uh, the armies of Babylon were invading that whole region of the world and they were encroaching upon his native land, the land of Judah. So he's talking here about the Babylonians but it's interesting to me, did you notice, he never mentions the Babylonians by name. Not sure why, um, but it's helpful I think because uh, it it just kind of gives this song, this poem uh, a timeless quality to it. I mean, you could easily uh, imagine these words uh, being sung by many different groups of oppressed people through the ages, right? For example, um, African men and women on slave ships in the 1700s could easily have sung these words about um, their European enslavers. Um, Tribal people of Mesoamerica in the 1400s, they could have sung these songs about the Aztecs the Aztec empire that was was conquering them. Jewish families in Berlin in the 1930s, they could have sung this about the Nazis. The Uyghur people right now in northwestern China, they could sing these words about the the, the Chinese communist government that's oppressing them. So in, in the context, these words are talking about Babylon, right? But in a sense, they apply to any human empire. And any human empire that uses wealth and power to dominate and colonize and subjugate other people, just, it just could talk about any, almost any time in history it could talk about. In other words, these words, they're talking about our world right now, the world that we live in. And if you look at these verses, they're, they're not the most encouraging words in the Bible, are they? I mean this passage, this passage describes our world. The world we live in as a pretty dark place. So for example, you read here of um, the economic exploitation of the poor that uh, word extortion there in verse 6, it's really referring to what today we would call predatory lending. When, when people who have wealth um, take advantage of the financial vulnerability of, of others to kind of entrap them in a, in a cycle, an endless cycle of debt that they can never get out of. And this, this is what Babylon did to other nations. They, 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 they created a sort of a debtor status for the nations that they were colonizing so that they would uh, be subjugated to Babylonian rule. And that type of thing still happens today. In the world today, they tell us that the amount of debt, the amount of debt that poor and developing nations owe to the banks of the industrialized world, that amount has more than doubled in the last decade. Which is so sad because it just means that the poorest nations in the world, nations that desperately need money for healthcare, for education, they they are sending money just to pay the interest on loans that they owe to the richest nations in the world. It happened back then. It happens now. We also read here of um, the violent conquest of other nations, of other lands. Verse 8, Habakkuk says, You have plundered many nations. You have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Babylon, uh, you probably know, was... um, was really just a city. It was one city in what today we would call Iraq. Uh, but this one city, as they began to grow and flourish, they, they, they developed powerful armies with fierce warriors and they they sent them out to conquer and colonize other regions. And so at the height of its power, the Babylonian empire stretched all the way from the Persian Gulf to the Mediterranean Sea. They just, they just controlled um, an entire region of the planet because they had conquered it. They, they, uh, they conquered, they took possession of other people's lands. And of course, you know, the, ba- the Babylonians are not the only ones to have done this in history. I mean, let's be honest. Right now, right now, we, we are on a land that for thousands of years belonged to the Lenape people. In, until the Dutch and the British came and seized it from them um, through violence through force so we read about this here the violent conquest of other people you also read here in this uh, song we read of the the exploitation of labor the the abuse of workers the Babylonians uh, they colonized people they enslaved people they forced people to work for them without giving them fair compensation for their labor. Verse 9 says, Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain. Living in a big, comfortable house, knowing that the workers who constructed it were underpaid to make it for you. Verse 12, Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Their whole city was built on the backs of laborers who were not compensated for their work. And of course, that still goes on today. But isn't this sad? They they tell us um, it's almost hard to even imagine that today, 2021, over 40 million people are slaves in this world, I, I trapped in in modern day forms of slavery. That could that includes forced labor, forced marriages. Over 40 million people. Here's what's even sadder. They they will tell us that. One out of every four victims of modern slavery, one out of every four, is a child, little boy, little girl. Just like Habakkuk's day, we see that in our world today. Verse 15, we read, in verse 15, we read of the sexual exploitation of people. It says, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk, so that he can gaze on their naked bodies. Sexual exploitation. Today, um, anyone who views pornography, whether they know it or not, anyone who looks at pornography today is, is often gazing on the naked bodies of women who have been entrapped in that lifestyle through sexual abuse, through domestic violence, through drug addiction. They, they, they didn't choose to be that. They've been forced into it. As a form. Pornography uh, is a form of exploitation of human beings. It happened back then. It happens now. Verse 17, we read of uh, uh, environmental devastation. When it talks about, um, when it talks about uh, the violence you've done to Lebanon, it's talking about the deforestation of, of uh, Lebanon was once no, renowned for its forests just being kind of leveled and cut down by ancient civilizations. Talks about the destruction of wild animals. We're not the first generation to invent the destruction of the environment. It's been going on. Empires. Empires always do this. And then in verse 18 and 19, at the end of the song, we read of what I, I think you would say, would you agree the chief sin of all human empires. The chief sin of all human empires is idolatry. That's what you read of there. They're idols. We, we uh, know from historical study that the Babylonians had a number of gods. They worshiped gods named Marduk, Nergal, Tiamat, Shamash. These were the names of their gods. And, and what they did was they created idols sort of representations of, uh, of these gods they worshiped, and they would bow down and adore and pray to them. I, I wonder what you would say if, if, you were asked, if you were asked to name the major idols of American culture. What would you say are our major idols in our culture? Maybe you say money, right, or power, personal, individual freedom, sexual fulfillment, we don't have statues to these things, but they—they they, are—they are spiritual powers that control our culture just as much as the idols of ancient Babylon controlled their society. See, every every human empire has its idols, and the Bible would tell us that those idols always lead to the death of those who place their trust in them. So. I told you it's dark, right? That's, that, that's the world that Habakkuk lived in, and, and uh, it really hasn't changed very much, right? It's pretty much the, the, the same today. It's the, the world he lived in is the world we live in. And um, if you look at the world the way we see it, not very encouraging, right? But I want you to notice that Habakkuk does not only describe the world the way we see it, He also describes the world the way we cannot see it. If you look at the last verse of this song, verse 20 tells us that that above all the chaos and above all the the, the greed and above all the violence in this world, Habakkuk tells us that above all of that, in a realm that we cannot perceive with our physical eyes, he tells us that right now, God, the living God, is seated on His throne. Verse 20 says, the Lord is in His holy temple. No matter what may be going on down here, in Babylon, in New York, anywhere, no matter what may be going on, the Lord, Habakkuk says, is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him. I I, I don't know if any of you, perhaps, maybe some of you are right now going through a season of your life where it just feels like everything is out of control. You ever go through a time like that? You just just feel like everything you've worked for has fallen apart, Everything, everything you hoped in has let you down. I mean, come on, let's be honest. There are seasons, right, where it appears to the physical eye, it just appears like the evil one has the upper hand here. You know what I mean? But Habakkuk knew something more. He knew that there is more going on in this world than meets the eye. Do you know that? He, he knew that in a, a sphere of reality that is invisible to, to the human eye, there, listen, there, are, there is something far more significant taking place right now than what we see in this world. Right now, no matter what's going on, the Lord is in His holy temple. He is on His throne. We read this also in Psalm 11. Psalm 11 says, the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates them with a passion. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. In one of his songs, Bob Dylan wrote this. He said, come, you masters of war, you that build the big guns, you that build the death planes, you that build all the bombs, you that hide behind walls, you that hide behind behind desks, I just want you to know I can see through your masks. Habakkuk would say, well, you know what? I can do more than that. Habakkuk would say, I can do more than just see through their masks. Habakkuk would say, I can see through the heavens. And he would say, when I look through the heavens, listen, no matter what's going on in this earth, here's what I see. I see that the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. In other words, this is a theme through the book of Habakkuk. As he's disturbed by what's going on in his world, he keeps coming back to this one theme. Do you remember this? God is in control. Amen? God is in control. So the world the way we see it is pretty dark, right? It's pretty discouraging. But in the world the way we cannot see it right now, God is on his throne. So in this song, we we read of the world the way we see it, the world the way we can't see it. But I want you to notice this. Habakkuk also describes the world the way, we will see it one day. We will see this. Now, B- Babylon was a, a, a great city, incredibly wealthy, uh, uh, just amazingly powerful. This, this, this one city ruled an entire region of the world. Babylon today is nothing but a pile of ruins, I know that because I Googled it, all right? You can, uh, you can Google it, Google images, and you'll just see just falling down buildings, everything. Listen, uh, no one lives there. The houses are destroyed. The walls are falling down. The wealth is all gone. This powerful city is right now nothing but ruins. And what happened to Babylon, listen, will happen to every human empire. Verse 7 says that those who exploit the poor will one day be exploited themselves. They will be pursued by their creditors. Verse 8 says that those who plunder other nations, they themselves will be plundered. Verse 13 says that those who work so hard to build up their kingdom, it says they will discover that all their labor is only fuel for the fire. That They will discover that they have exhausted themselves For nothing. In other words, this passage teaches us that the empires and the kingdoms of this world, you name any nation, United States, any nation, that the kingdoms of this world, this passage says, they are doomed. They are doomed to end in futility. But it also tells us that the kingdom of God will one day fill the entire earth there's a kingdom coming that will never fail there's a kingdom coming that will that will one day spread around this planet verse 14 says for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea I just I love that image um several years ago my wife and I had an opportunity to go on a cruise. I'd never been on a cruise before and uh, I was looking forward to it because uh, on this cruise I was hoping that a dream that I have I've had since I was a child would be fulfilled would be fulfilled. So ever since I'm a kid I've always wondered what it would feel like to be so far out in the ocean that you cannot see any land. And uh, you know, on the cruise, when we finally reached the part we were out there on our way to Bermuda, and we were far enough away from the land, I just went up on the top of like the observation, and I just... People thought I was crazy. I just spun around, just doing circles. I just wanted to see water as far as you could possibly see. That's all you can see. It got boring after about 10 minutes. But at first it was so cool. just water everywhere. That's the image Habakkuk gives us. The day is coming where everywhere you look, everywhere in this world, you will see nothing but the glory of God. Instead of injustice, justice. Instead of poverty, uh, prosperity. Instead of um, oppression, you will see the righteousness of God exalting his people. Everywhere you look, that day is coming. Now you might say, when? I want to set my watch. When is it going to come? Well, listen, it, uh, in a certain sense, it already started. It, 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 we, you know, we saw that in this passage we, we heard from Mark chapter 1. When Jesus, when Jesus began his ministry in this world, isn't that interesting? When Jesus began his ministry, he did not announce a new religion. I'm here to start a new religion. He, he didn't start, uh, come to announce even a new church. I'm here to, to plant a new church. No. Jesus came to announce a kingdom. He he came to say, listen, the kingdom, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. There's a new kingdom here, said Jesus. So the kingdom of God, this rule of God in this world, guys, it already started with the ministry of Jesus. And that kingdom will come in its fullness when Jesus returns to this world again. And he will come back. Revelation chapter 11 tells us that when Christ returns and when, when all is fulfilled, it says the kingdoms of this world, you name them, Babylon, any kingdom, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And guys, did you know that announcement that the kingdom of God has come and is coming? That's part of the gospel. You know, we often think of the gospel as a message of of how you can have your sins forgiven. Thank God that that's part of the gospel, how to have my sins forgiven and how to have your relationship with God restored. Thank the Lord. That's part of the good news of Jesus, right? But that's not all there is to the gospel the gospel is also an invitation for you to come into the kingdom the kingdom that will never end as joe said earlier in the service to kind of just just a transfer of citizenship to leave behind your allegiance to um, unjust temporary worldly kingdoms worldly empires and to say no i want to be part of this kingdom of god This this kingdom of righteousness and justice, I want to be a citizen there. And the gospel is an invitation for you, for you. God says, I want you, I want you to be part of this kingdom. Hebrews chapter 12 says that in Christ, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Nothing will ever end it. And God's loving invitation to you and to me is to leave behind, listen, I love my nation. I hope you love your nation. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should leave behind our primary allegiance to any human empire and say, no, I want to come into the kingdom of the real king. I wanna live in the kingdom of God. And that invitation is for me, for you, to be part of that today. And that's good news. Amen. Would you pray with me? We're a city not forsaken. A city that cannot be shaken. Raised up high, high above Guarded and protected by God's own love, we are a city sought after, a city filled with laughter. Guarded and protected by God's own love, a people redeemed of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for inviting us into your kingdom. We acknowledge you as the great king We thank you that one day your goodness and mercy will fill this earth, and we pray that right now today that all over the world and among us we would be uh, bowing our knee before you and receiving this mercy for the glory of your name. Amen.